This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, I see it that way. You know, guys have stepped up and produced on individual levels and, and then flashes. You know, as we move into this new year, it, it's to me, it's it's consistency and it's elevating from uh, how we played in the past. I love to see us finish games better, continue to make more plays and do it consistently so we can start winning football games. We're back with more of the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook pregame show on Sports Radio 670 The Score with Molly, Patrick Manley, and Anthony Heron. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook app today. Oh, yes, indeed. That's the voice of Ryan Poles, the general manager. He, uh, he spoke to our sister station, WBBM, this morning. And really, I mean, the, there is a not-so-subtle shift of, uh, of the Bears in season to Ryan Poles in his offseason. That, uh, that is what we'll be talking about next week as we look at the final game of the season. And we'll, uh, we'll know at that point whether or not the Vikings have anything to play for, whether they want to play their entire team? Are they going to rest anyone? It'll be very interesting to see uh, how things are. But but Ryan Poles is about to play the biggest role. Um, there is still work to be done. There's still a couple games. You still have to look at some players. But he's well on his way uh, to figuring out what he's going to be doing next. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about this idea of turning this thing into some form of tryout, but it's been an ongoing process for about six weeks. I, I I just think that with all the injuries and the way that they're stacking up, the Bears are just they're signing guys. They're kind of they're going through all these practice squad guys and they're finding out why they're not frontline NFL players. Yeah, it's just it's it's that time of year, right? You're yep. just you're going through and you're trying out these guys and um like again, I just hope these guys you know, they're, they're trying to figure out if they can play for the Bears, if they can stay in the NFL, and then hopefully they're backups on this roster next year. Hopefully some of these guys are, you know, here, but you want you want to upgrade at some of the, a lot of well, a lot of these positions. But uh, <laughs> it, it's a valuable time for these guys these next two games, and um, it's 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 interesting too because you got to think some of the veterans like a Riley Reef. Are we going to see Larry Borum out there more? Is he going to get some time? You know, some of these veterans are they going to get less playing time for some of these young guys to kind of prove themselves for the future? It's an interesting balance, I think, that they're going about with it, too, because, you know, like Grody told us, Alex Leatherwood, not dressed for the game. Yeah. You could look at that and say, well, he's just he's physically gifted. He's a former first-round pick, so at least have him dressed and maybe force some more game reps upon him, that sort of thing. But, but they're saying that your performance doesn't dictate 
you're in, you're a, a better option than the other guys who are dressing for the game to give us a chance to win this individual game. So the the opportunities that are being given, you know, like like Vales Jones, who's able to get back into the lineup and has earned continued playing time in the midst of that, they're not I don't think they're necessarily, you know, whether it's Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, they're not just sort of throwing guys to the wolves. I don't think they're throwing out the game plan, not throwing out the possibility of winning still shaping the game day active roster through the lens of which guys have shown us that they're at least a part of a formula that gives us a good opportunity to win the game. And so we've seen at various points during the season, and certainly today's uh, dress list seems to be another example of of putting guys on the field, giving guys a, a uniform on game day that at least with the current construct of the roster, they feel like, all right, you're, you're amongst the, the crew that gives us a shot to win as opposed to just saying from a developmental perspective or, you know, because we don't necessarily the, – the results of this game don't matter so much to us. We're just kind of willing to throw anyone out there in the lineup. There is, there is a balance to it. Reef is, is an interesting case study because, you know, a lot of times at this time of year, there are players that have something to play for, that, that they, be it the bonus structure, yeah. be it, uh, you know, whatever their contract status was. His was connected to playing time, and I'm pretty sure he cannot reach the playing time that would increase his salary. He missed time earlier in the year, and he's been out, and, you know, you could play him if you want to. So then it comes down to the coaching staff and that meeting with the GM, hey, do we need to see more of this guy or that guy? Uh, But there's nothing to keep him. It's not – there's no – financial incentive to keep him off the field. Let's put it that way. And, and with a guy like Leatherwood, you know, he, he was drafted as a tackle and obviously moved to guard before being cut in Las Vegas. And the Bears have tried him at tackle. Do they need to try him at guard before they get to the offseason? Mm-hmm. Obviously, they don't need to today because he's not active. Well, the Raiders did that, and it didn't work yeah. out for him there. Well, that's what I mean. So I, I don't know – I don't know what his – you know, you you fail at a place and then you come to another place. If you fail there, I, you know, there's yeah, not a lot no, of – No, Molly, uh, I think you're right. I think these next two weeks will be telling about that. If he's inactive for yeah. these next two weeks, maybe it's just right. over. Maybe, they, yeah. maybe they've seen enough. And another question I have with all the names that Grody said we got coming back because we're going to win now with all these great guys coming back is you <laughs> talked about Valus Jones. You have St. Brown back and Claypool back. Who's going to get the reps? Is, is Valus Jones going to get some reps? Is he still going to get the same reps he got before? Or is it going to be, you know, St. Brown and, and Claypool out there? Well, hopefully Claypool, but I'm just – the St. Brown, is he going to get Valus Jones reps? I know they're well, kind I, of different positions, but still wide receiver. But but Jones is back, right? We know Jones is back. We know that Claypool will be back. They're not going to make that trade and then not have him. So I think that there are a couple of, uh, of guys that just based on their status with the team – Valus Jones was a third-round draft pick, and mm-hmm. you, you're not going to just throw him out because he he struggled to kind of uh, to make his way early in the NFL opportunity. I I think the problem with him is I don't see him as a receiver. I see him more of a gadget guy. They use him in different ways. You know, I felt at the time when they made that pick that it was you know maybe they should have gone for a more outright receiver than than him at that spot. But you know they they chose who they believed. Mm-hmm. Uh, in and uh, it'll be very interesting to see how they line up this receiving core. A lot of bodies. You got a lot of potential playmakers there, and it's as healthy as the group has been in quite some time. And it, it seemed to me in that Green Bay game that Chase Claypool 
got banged up in, and ended up coming back to finish the game. But that looked to me like that was about to develop into the game where they said, let's just feed him the rock. He's got enough of yeah. the offense yep. down, enough you know, sort of on-job repetition to now be a major part of the offense. There were three snaps in a row as, as a runner, as a pass receiver, as a screen pass guy. There were three snaps in a row. They were just starting to feed him the ball. And on that third reception, was where he initially makes the grab and then goes down awkwardly, clinches at the knee, fumbles the ball away, and he was able to, you know, you respect his grit to fight back into that game at least be willing to participate later, but then he's out for several weeks after that. So hopefully he's healthy enough and and prepared now, certainly not only physically, but you would imagine mentally even more in tune with all his, his roles within this offense. All right, now we got two games remaining here this season to see how big of a part of this offense can Chase Claypool be? How many opportunities can they feed this guy with all the physical gifts you would want from a top-flight wide receiver? Now I think we got the, the best opportunity that they've had since Chase Claypool signed, since they've traded for Chase Claypool to join the Bears to maybe see whether or not he can really be, be this guy who can be a big playmaker for him. Yeah, and I, I think these are important reps. You know, if people are talking about shutting down Justin Fields. We talked Friday, Anthony, that it's important for him to play in these games to get as many reps as possible. And it's just as important for him to have Chase Claypool out there. These are live game reps. These are a lot better than seven-on-seven in the offseason, all that kind of stuff. He's really going to figure out how they work together. These next, say, uh, 120 plays they get in the next two games, well, he's not going to play 60 plays a game as a receiver, but, you know, (laughs) say the next 100 reps they get together in these two games. That's very important for both of their development and and the growth of this offense. I mean, you know, look – it's not Chase Claypool's fault that that he hurt his leg there, um, and they. It's not his fault that they traded for him. But the fact of the matter is that that Pittsburgh doesn't make a ton of mistakes. They traded. They chose the Bears over Green Bay because they thought the pick would be better. And lo and behold, the pick looks awful good because there are only 31 picks in the first round this year because uh, uh, Miami lost their number one pick over uh, over. Uh, the, the toying with Tom. And um, I think that you look at the fact if the bears end up with the first pick in a draft, they're going to be given away the 32nd pick effectively a first round pick for this guy. It's going to be a very high uh, second round pick and boy, could they use that pick, but they've made a decision and they've done this. And I think that this is the problem when I'm, when I'm thinking about Ryan Poles, you know, I mean, they made a contract with Ryan Bates that was easy enough for Buffalo to match. So all they did was was write a contract for another team. That was a mistake, in my opinion. If you want a guy, poison pill it, do whatever you got to do and get the guy. And they couldn't do that. They they couldn't get Larry Ogunjobi right, you know? I mean, I get it. They liked him, they wanted him, and then they couldn't pass the physical, and and he's gone. So I, I just think that, there's reasons to kind of wonder. You know, one of the things that George said. Uh, wait, wait, wait. And, so you're saying you're not a believer in Ryan Poles already? I'm, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm saying there's no evidence to base it on. I'm saying the guy that's has what I, That's what I heard. You don't believe yeah. in him. You think it's going to be an awful offseason. I got it. I'm writing that down. Mully said Ryan oh, Poles. No, I'm just kidding. But I mean, I, you know what? No, I hear you, I, though. There are a lot of question I don't know. marks he's done. I mean, you think yes. about some of the – the one question I have is – this year, you know, they were tanking or whatever, and he was signing guys, Riley Reef and uh, Justin Jones and some guys to come in to kind of get them through this. They, they really didn't yeah. hit on those guys. No you know way. what I mean? So those are, those are questions I do have. So when you're building a roster, you've got to find guys that can come in and fill those little spots that you hit on and get lucky with. 
He hasn't gotten lucky with Nikhil Harry, Leatherwood, guys like that. I know that's kind of a you're taking chances, but you want him, you want to see him hit on some of these these graphs he's going for. That is my point. Mm-hmm. Mully believes totally. No, I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from a, a development perspective, that that word we've come back to so much this season. You know, Chase Claypool's going to be here next year also. So you know, if you don't see it in these last two games, it's going to be. It's going to be an offseason with a lot of question yes. marks uh, about him and about polls bringing him in. And so just from a comfort perspective, just from a, a perception perspective, to watch him make some plays here, to see him uh, get in the end zone would be nice, make a chunk play or two. You know, he's had a couple of those. But, you know, to just be a force within the Bears' offense, I, I still don't see it likely that you're going to see like a volume passing attack where just feels in right. the, you know, 40 to 45 pass attempts. So the, the opportunities – to make receptions, to make plays, to have touchdown grabs, are just likely going to continue to be more limited within the structure of the Bears' offense. But when the opportunities are there, you want to see Chase Claypool take advantage of that. And then at least there's something to build off of going into the offseason where you say, all right, you you got a piece that this passing attack can, even if you're not going to focus the whole thing around it, but you, you can say, all right, we, we got a guy who you can pair with this quarterback and feel good about going into next year. I wonder as we – kind of evaluate these last couple of games and look at who's back and who, you know, wouldn't be back. Um, how many, like how many guys are rock solid starters? Uh, you know, one of them is obviously the quarterback. He's the guy and you feel like you got that done, but how do you deploy him here? You know, you talk about, they don't throw the ball very much in this offense and and there, maybe it's weaponry, maybe it's protection, Maybe they're still not there with the quarterback or he's not there with the offensive coordinator. I don't know what it's the all reason it. would be. Yeah, yeah it's it's obviously there's a lot of elements. But does that mean you run fields? Does that mean that you go back to the – I mean, the, I thought it was super cool when he said, I don't want to be a 1,000-yard rusher, but now that I'm here, I may as well set the new record. Well, <laughs> they didn't use him very much last week, and he, he wasn't very productive, and there were all sorts of reasons for that, and that was a, a different team and a good team. This is a team that he's had a lot of yards against previous. Doesn't he need that kind of a game if he's actually going to get 200 yards plus or whatever, I guess 95 yards over the la- 195 over the last two games? Doesn't he need like one of these big games today to, to do that? Or uh, do you want that record? He seems think- to, and Getsy said he wanted it. To that point, Mully, think back to – and uh, well, well, David was here with us last week because you were gallivanting around the globe, I'm sure. But <laughs> we were talking, going into that Buffalo game where all three of us just anticipated because of the weather conditions. They're the Buffalo right. Bills. They play outdoors in frigid temperatures. And yeah. Josh Allen is an MVP caliber quarterback, and he's a mammoth individual with big hands and everything. He and that Bills offense – are going to handle those frigid temperatures and blustery wind conditions just fine. So let's see how this Bears offense. Let's see how Justin Fields does with it. Is he going to wear gloves? How many sleeves is he going to have on? All these different things. And frankly, between the two quarterbacks, Justin Fields is the one who played a more controlled, more consistently effective game. Not as a runner, but as a passer Mm -hmm. than Josh Allen did. Now, that that doesn't mean Justin Fields is week in, week out, a better quarterback than Josh Allen. But I I found that just in the evaluation of their game against Buffalo last week so intriguing from the the aspect of he is. Justin Fields close to this all-time rushing record and has had some fun talking about the potential for achieving that. But he didn't force the issue. And Luke Getze didn't force the issue with saying, let's run him a bunch, 
or for Justin Fields himself, let's scramble around everywhere and see how frequently I can take off and run. He came out of that game with seven rushing attempts mm-hmm. in, yep. in a game where you know, they, they probably could have used a few big runs from Justin Fields in that, but Buffalo did an effective job the times he did attempt to run, forcing him laterally and, and getting him you know, to, to not be able to turn the corner. And he just stayed in the pocket and looked very composed in doing so, and had some very in, in awful conditions to pass the ball. Had some really nice passes, chief amongst those to Bayless Jones. Suffered through some drops with guys like uh, what Dante Pettis had a key drop, Cole Komet had a key drop. You know, your most dependable set of hands on the field, your running back, David Montgomery. But it was just a very controlled, composed, especially in the pocket game, top to bottom from Justin Fields. And it, it didn't lead to huge chunk plays, but just him playing with that control. And that comfort for another game. He's just stacking comfortable performances, looking like he's in command of things. And I think that, that that's huge. So if it means today he's running around everywhere, I, I think that's awesome. But, you know, the, the way you were kind of framing that really, you know, took my mind back to last week and just thinking about a game where, you know, right. maybe, maybe it could have been a touchdown if he would have forced the issue as a runner. But I, I liked the fact that he, that he didn't force the issue as a runner last week. Yeah, they, 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 the coaches kind of took his legs away too. I remember it was three situations, third and short, third and short, fourth and short. They, it was drop back pass. They said, you gotta, you got to figure it out with your brain and your arm. we got to try to get the first down. And selfishly, I like that because that's development. These, these, are, these, are, these are reps he's getting to develop into being a better passer. And, yes, if you're trying to win the game, I think you call something. Maybe he's rolling out a little bit more. He has the option to use his legs and his arm. But those are three uh, separate situations where they're like, no, you've got to win it with your arm. And I I like that. I I really like that. That's just his continued growth like you were talking about, Anthony. And frankly, against this Detroit defense, you're almost spoiled for choice, whether Mm -hmm. you want to run against them or you want to throw against Mm -hmm. them, especially, you know, they've been terrible against the tight end all year long. I believe they have allowed pretty much a touchdown a game to a tight end. If you break down their their numbers, you know they they've allowed a lot of touchdowns, a lot of catches for for tight ends, and and I believe Komet had um, had what four catches, five catches, four catches for seventy four yards. Yeah, he had a big game uh, last time against Detroit with two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And and it, but I mean that part of that is they don't defend the tight end, and that's not taking a shot at Komet. He had a good game, but he's open and he's able to score today. I love You're it. You're a Cole Komet prop on yep. Beck UL? Is there anything <laughs> kind of towards here? Huh? You keep proving uh, my uh, my thoughts here. The Bears are going to win. I love well, it. it. I mean, Speak it, it into know, existence are, and it's going to happen. <laughs> we are the pregame show sponsored by Bet Rivers. So, uh, Bet Rivers. There we go. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> That's the app I have on my phone. I do too. Uh, I'm sure there is a prop bet. I'm sure that you could invest in that if you were so chosen to do. All right. We've got to get to the break. We'll be, uh, we'll be right back. I-, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about is Fields healthy? Is the shoulder in trouble? When you see him not run, do you think, well, they want to throw the ball now? Or do you think, oh, no, he can't run? Or is it, you know, Buffalo's pretty good against the run Detroit welcomes it. So I, I, I think we need to get into how you deploy him based on is he injured or not. And if he is, if there is any issue, why is he playing at this point in the season? I think there's a lot to, get, to learn from him, though. So we'll get into that next. It's the pregame show on the score. It hasn't affected me much. I mean, you know, throwing-wise, I felt fine, you know, after the incident happened. I think the biggest thing with it is just sprinting full speed and be able to, being able to use that arm to – produce more power with, with running. So, but other than that, 
It's been fun. Is it always in pain? To some degree? It just depends, like, you know, like that play on the sideline, you know, it just aggravated it a little bit. So, but usually, like, during the games, it's, it's no pain. We're back with more of the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook pregame show on Sports Radio 670 The Score with Molly, Patrick Manley, and Anthony Heron. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook app today. Oh, yes, indeed. Happy New Year, everyone. We are back on the pregame. Want to remind our Bear fans to check out the new Zing Zang Bloody Mary canned cocktails. Premium vodka already in the can. They're always ready. Perfect for your game day tailgates. Please Zing Zang responsibly. So there we heard from Justin Fields, guys, and he he said it was very interesting. You know, the left shoulder injury doesn't affect him when he's throwing the ball. But when he's running, it does kind of affect him. It impacts him. How can he, you know, he, he's not, he doesn't really want to, to kind of lower the, the shoulder and put it into anyone. And then you think about him talking about that tackle on the sidelines. I, you know, I just wonder how much of, of uh, what we're seeing from the Bears is them wanting to try him in the pocket more and how much is it kind of reluctant to use him as a runner. That's a good question. I wonder, too, how much he's realizing that uh, if you play that way, you can't last 17 games. <laughs> you know, you can't be healthy and you can't be there for your teammates. And I, I've said it always. He said it, too. He didn't want to be a 1,000-yard rusher. I just I don't want to see him take the hits that he's taken. Just limit those number of rushing opportunities. Yes, there are times you need to call quarterback runs because he is that dynamic. But let's let him get better as a pocket passer. And I think that's better for the Bears and the Bears organization and potential playoffs and playoff wins if he's out there for 17 games and not playing the way he was when, yeah, that was a nice run. They were scoring 30 points a game, and it was kind of cool to see him use his legs. But I just don't want to see that as the future Justin Fields. And I think they've – I think Luke Getze and the Bears offense have have managed it pretty well along the way here and Justin Fields himself because throughout the season, you know, we think back to the – earlier stretch of the year where we're talking about, you know, wanting wanting more volume to the pass attempts for Justin Fields in game and the growth can come through that lens and then he goes on that tear as a runner that seems to enhance what the Bears are doing offensively and they're scoring more points. And now we're in a stretch where, you know, I feel like week by week, I mean, you know, I've been bringing this up since the, the Giants game, like after yeah. the, the week after the Houston game where he said he played like trash because he did play like trash and they still found a way to beat Houston. But since the New York game back at the start of October, I, I've, I've, my observation has been week by week since then, he's gotten more comfortable, more composed, more confident, more decisive with just evaluating what the defense presents to him snap by snap. And that's whether the – whether the pass attempt is being called by Luke Getze or the run attempt is being called. But every time Justin Fields breaks the huddle leading the Bears offense, there's information to be gathered from that. There, there is processing that takes place there. So those are all extremely important reps. And, you know, I, I'd say my evaluation and my observation is, yeah, I think there's a, a couple less called QB runs in game. They've also just run less overall snaps of offense the last few games as well. But by percentage – I think Luke Getzey's called it fairly balanced throughout the year. Maybe not strictly 50-50 each game, but he's called high volume of run with a high volume of pass throughout the year. 
the scrambles are down a little bit as well. But part of what's led to some of those scrambles from Justin Fields early in the season were when he wasn't completely sure what the defense presented to him. And so he wasn't getting the ball out of his hands as quickly, as rhythmically as he's begun to lately. And so, you know, where the completion percentage is is up, you know, 60s and above more consistently now, part of that is because he's just – He's just better at evaluating defenses and and more rapid in in his ability to determine where to go with the football. And so he's able to get it out of his hands more quickly as opposed to having to scramble around. So that ends up dipping the rushing attempts as well. And, you know, I've said this before. I I understand the argument that, that the running quarterback works until you get to the playoffs. And then, you know, the course of the season takes a toll and then teams... And, and I, I can't wait till we can have that argument. I can't wait till we can argue about whether or not what the way they run their offense would work in the playoffs. But I am going to be watching what happens with Lamar Jackson. I'm very curious to see how Baltimore views his future and how they want to pay him, et cetera. I think they'd be foolish not to bring him back, but he is out right now, and it is impacting their season right now. And I think that, that there's a lot of um, – of elements of like what Justin Fields was able to do. You can't help but marvel at it because it, it, it's just not supposed to happen. You're not supposed to be able to do that in the NFL. And he's done it repeatedly, these long runs. And, you know, I, you know, Pat, I, I was saying it reminds me of Hester, mm-hmm. just the idea that, that he can do that. And you're not supposed obviously very different players, very different situations, but how in the name of God can he do that? And to come back and do it again, like you just don't see it. Nope. It's just not something that's supposed to be able to happen. So amazing. And, and I'll say for Justin Fields, I don't think he did that in college that often because he didn't have to. Right. And, and I think he's improved from when he first started running when he first started I think he's gotten so much better at it. It's almost like he's developed this ability <laughs> while the season has gone on, and who knows how good that could be. So, But you will have the argument that, that there isn't a sustainability, that guys get hurt when they play that way, and that he's separated his shoulder, and, and you know it's just something you're going to have to look right, at. Right, but that, that's what gets me excited about him, I is agree. seeing this big-time playability, that if he can grow into being that top-notch passing quarterback, understand defenses pre-snap and get into that – where he can kind of see what's going to happen before it happens and then have that ability, that's what gets me so excited. That he has the potential to act just to be great, to be better than some other, like than we've seen other guys because of that, that his escapability and running for 67-yard touchdowns uh, uh, coming out of a, a sack and three guys trying to bring him down. And that's just what gets me excited about this year. And we talked about at the beginning of the year, too. We wanted to see growth, and we've seen it. I've seen enough. With him in the pocket, understanding defenses like what you were talking about, pre-snap, post-snap, and going, uh, getting the ball to the right player at the right time, I've seen that growth. There's still growth to be done, but I think that's what gets us so excited in Chicago about and, Justin and Fields. His running brings him confidence. Yes. It's, it's yeah. like he is master of his mm-hmm. universe, and that makes him better at everything he's doing. And, you know, we, I don't think anyone should anticipate or, frankly, should hope for Justin Fields to be a, a guy who just completely – stops using his running ability that that it, it, it imposes so many game plan issues for the opposing defense with what they have to do with him as a runner how that affects the way they play coverage so yeah. it, it it presents a lot of different opportunities because it presents problems to the opposing defense and right now he's the only player 
on the Bears' offense, frankly, on the Bears' entire team that the opponent has to game plan around, and part of that is his rushing skill. But that being said, does he need to be a, a guy who's north of 150 carries every season? No, but can he stay north of you know, 90 to 100 carries a year? So you still have that as a very effective portion of, of your offense, but you are diminishing the sort of, you know, potentially like brutal hits that he takes as an open field runner, you know, but I think there's a balance to it. You know, mobile quarterbacks can win at a high level, but what is the volume of carries that are associated with that? Because you can advance the football, score touchdowns, put points on the board at a higher, more consistent clip, the more effective you are as a passer. So that growth should end up diminishing the overall volume of carries, but I certainly don't think there should be any point in Justin Fields' career in the in the near future where his running ability just isn't a part of how they operate anymore. There's just there's a balance to it, but yeah. I do think the the overall rushing attempts will diminish in the years and, to come. And that that helps game planning, right? The defense coordinator, when you've got a game plan, the Bears that's hours they got to spend watching, yep. dissecting that, putting practice cards up. You know what I'm talking about, Anthony? Your practice cards, you got to yep. go through that and. And the run fits and nine on seven. You got to do that. You know, you got to deal with all that stuff. That's the, again, like I said, that's practice reps that are taken away from other situational things that you're doing during the week. Um, and that's just that's more value to him when you have to game plan against him. It's great stuff. All right, we've got Dan Pompey, the Hall of Famer himself, is going to join us next. We'll we'll get uh, a pick from Dan. We'll get your picks, and uh, and we'll uh, have some fun here as we. Uh, as we talk to Dan, it is the pregame show on Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 of the score. We're back with more of the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook pregame show on Sports Radio 670 The Score with Molly, Patrick Manley, and Anthony Heron. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook app today. Oh, yes, indeed. It's the pregame show, and we are delighted to welcome in Dan Pompey. His name is written in the Hall of Fame, and he joins us on the score hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Dan, good morning. How are you? I'm great. Happy New Year to you, fellas. Good to be with you this morning. Good to be with you. How's your head feeling this morning? A little hungover? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hopefully you're hey, good. I'm, uh, I'm fine, thank you. Oh, good, good, we, good, good. Uh, yeah, quiet day with family. All right, good. Hey, I, I do have a question for you about, you know, we were talking earlier in the show, we had a couple segments on about Kevin Warren being the possible new president of the Chicago Bears. What are your thoughts of him? And then one little thing is you've covered the NFL and seen this situation happen. How involved would Ryan Poles be in that interview? Yeah, you know, I think that uh, Kevin Warren is excellent candidate for the Bears. Uh, I, I can't imagine someone who checks every box as well as he does uh, from the standpoint of all of his work experience, his life experience, uh, different things he's done, the different people he knows, uh, his understanding of the league, his understanding of the particular challenges that the Bears will face in the next 10 years or so. Um, and the fact that he's got, I think, a personality that uh, could really serve the Bears or any team well when you talk about someone who is the public face of, of a team. And, um, you know, I, I think we've seen a little of that with what he's done in the Big Ten. And I think certainly in his previous uh, 
jobs, you know, with, with the Vikings, the, the Rams, the Lions. Um, he's got a lot, of, a lot of things going for him. He really does. Uh, in terms of polls' uh, influence on this, um, you know, he, he probably is involved in the, uh, you know, in the, in the interviews. But, uh, I mean, I, I think it would be crazy to have him have too big a say, too much influence, because ultimately he's going to be reporting right, to that guy. Right, right. You, you don't want the tail wagging the dog, yep. you know. So I think uh, whereas, you know, maybe uh, George McCaskey might value his opinion, uh, ultimately this has got to be a, a person who George McCaskey feels comfortable with and he wants to hire and um you know he, he feels that this person could help lead the bears into uh you know whatever comes next for the franchise and dan however you know bears fans may may feel about you know the obviously the consistency of ownership that has been the most consistent aspects of where there, there hasn't been sustained success for the bears and you know over the last decade plus here so i'm wondering if you know, if it's a Kevin Warren who comes in, who would certainly have job options, and he's he's operated at the highest of of the the sports industry. So if he comes in, would would that maybe be an indication that that the McCaskey family would would be sort of you know deferring to someone to be able to run the the totality of the organization in a, in a way that maybe hasn't been there in the past? You know, that's a good question, Anthony. Anthony, I really. I would probably say no. I would say that, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think Ted Phillips has been a, a pretty powerful voice in everything the Bears do. Uh, I think that George McCaskey's voice has uh, become more loud and more powerful as he spent time on the job within the organization, and I would expect that to continue to be the, the, the case. You know, Kevin... Uh, for all his attributes, is not a quote-unquote football guy. You know, he's not a guy who uh, evaluates tape and uh, decides who should be chosen with the second pick of the draft or, you know, which, uh, you know, should David Montgomery be signed to a contract extension. That's not, that's not what he's going to be uh, doing if he becomes the president of the Bears. I think he's going to be overseeing everything. And as you and I talked the other day, you know, the, the one interesting part of what he would do, though, is I think he'd have a, a real influence and voice in terms of, you know, who's sitting in that general manager's chair moving forward, who's sitting in the head coach's chair. Now, obviously, they've got two people there that are probably going to be there for a while and will be there certainly uh, as long as they're winning. But we all know these these arrangements don't last forever. So at some point... I would think that Kevin Warren would probably be helping to choose, if not choosing, the Bears' next general manager and head coach. Dan, looking at this game today and and the opponent, uh, the Detroit Lions, in the context of the Bears, are they ahead of them in the rebuild? Is Detroit a team the Bears are chasing, or are the Bears in better position because they – have a, a firmer decision on the quarterback, although it looks like Goff is the quarterback of the future now. Yeah, I would say, you know, I think the Lions are ahead of the Bears. Uh, I think, you know, Campbell has a year on Eberflus, and the roster uh, has fewer holes, and they've made more progress. Um, you know, ultimately, 
maybe you'd say Fields is going to end up a better quarterback than Goff, but you know there's more to just the one position. And um, I think uh, the Lions have have kind of really established their culture, and, and uh, you know they've they've got some fruit from that. I mean they they've won some games, and they're they're in the thick of the race for the playoffs. If they win these last two games, they're probably going to be in the playoffs this year. Um, you know the Bears are, are not there yet, so. I'd have to say they're ahead, yes. Are you a believer in Dan Campbell then? I am, yeah. You know, I, I spent a lot of time yeah. with him in the offseason and wrote a big story on him. I think he's fantastic. Um, you know, he's the kind of guy uh, who makes you want to strap on a chin strap and, <laughs> and and put on the shoulder pads and go hit somebody. You and that, know? That's and, important. That's important. You want somebody you want to, you uh, want to go to the building to work with and for. Without a doubt. And the, I can tell you the, the players love him and everybody in the building loves him. And um, he's, uh, he's got great leadership. Um, you know, I think he's probably struggled a little bit at times with the uh, ascension to the head coach role in terms of, um, you know, game management, some of the decision, decisions he's made for the last minute, not working out, that kind of thing. But I think he's learning and growing. And, and you know, this time has been valuable to him and probably will end up making him a better coach. But I think, I think he's, I think he's outstanding. I think, you know, really even this year, you could, you could consider him a candidate for coach of the year. As the bears get ready to, to go into a pretty hostile atmosphere in Detroit, is, is there a, a player or a couple of players that you look at and say, if, if they can, who maybe it's most vital for them to be able to respond well where the Bears don't necessarily have any big implications on the line, but they do get this opportunity to gel, to to test themselves against a team in a in what's going to be a very raucous Ford field today. You're asking me if there's any Bears or any Lions? I'm sorry. Any Bears. Like, is, is there a oh, player yeah. or players on the Bears who you're really intrigued to see how they respond today? Yeah, absolutely. Chase Claypool. You know, here's a guy who – uh, has has not uh, lived up to what the Bears or Chase Claypool himself hoped he would do in, in limited opportunities up to this point. He's been banged up, and uh, he's got a chance now to go out there as a the number one receiver and make some plays, uh, assuming he's he's healthy. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, the Bears need him today if they're going to be in the game. You know, they, they're going to need – somebody to make plays out there. We saw last week how, how tough it was with all the receivers injured for Justin Fields. And I think uh, he's a guy who really uh, could step up and, and uh, you know, make, uh, make the Bears feel good about that trade they made with the Steelers. Dan, um, you know, it's interesting. We talked a little bit earlier about being at a time of year where um, – there is value to losing, right? The Bears have a shot at a number one overall draft pick. This is the sort – it is the time of the year now where you start looking at draft position, where you have nothing going on. But this is a division opponent, and uh, and there is value to just, I suppose, winning in the division. First of all, do you buy that? Do you believe in that? Or do you have a, a contrary opinion? And, and tell us who wins the game. Well, you know, I, I really like what Doug Peterson was saying this week. Um, you know, when they asked him about this game that really uh, they're playing a game that, that they can't they can't move forward, they can't move backwards in this game this year. And they said, well, you're going to rest the starters. The game 
you know, really has no meaning to you, right? And Peterson, look, there's never a meaningless game. And, you know, if you're playing it, there's, there's a, a reason to, to try to win it. And I think, uh, I, you know, I, I would agree with that from the standpoint of being a coach or being a player. Obviously, from a general manager standpoint, you might say, well, it would be nice to get the draft pick. But I think, I think the Bears have to approach it that way. Uh, however, <laughs> I think they're going to have a tough time beating this team. I think the Lions are motivated. I think they're a team that has improved greatly uh, since they beat the Bears barely back in November. And, um, you know, the, the, the interesting part of this game to me is going to be the run game on both sides, you know. Uh, the, the Bears ran for 258 yards against the Lions last time. Lions gave up 321 yards last week. But, you know, they played uh, nickel defense the whole game, never stacked the box. I can't believe they're going to do the same thing against the Bears this week. So uh, I, I would expect that, uh, that you know, the, the game will be decided there. And then also the Lions, you know, They've struggled to run recently, too, and uh, they, they need to run the ball against the very suspect Bears run defense. But I've got the, the Lions winning this one easily, guys. I think uh, it, it's going to be a tough day for the Bears. Boo. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. <laughs> I don't like that at all. This is upset This is upset Sunday, I think that's what's going to be. Hey, real quick, just it's evaluation time. Can you evaluate – give me your evaluation of Luke Getze and Allen Williams, or is Allen Williams – unevaluatable if that's a word because of the lack of talent yeah I, I think it is difficult to evaluate him um based on what he's dealing with I mean, i think you have to look at him and say you know do you like the scheme has he been able to develop young players uh, has he been able to uh, bring the best out of what he's been given and i think for the most part you'd, you'd probably say yeah you know he's checked those boxes uh, in terms of getsy uh, I, I think he's had he's had a really good year. You know, I think um, again he's had he's had challenges, but most of what you judge him on is the quarterback and the development of the quarterback. And Justin Fields has come a long way from the player who we saw last year. Um, and you know you you look at all the offensive line combinations. What has it been? Eight different starting offensive line combinations, something like that. Um, yeah. You look yeah you look at the, the wide receivers. Uh, losing the best wide receiver on the team and, uh, you know, not having much depth there to begin with. You know, he's, he's had a lot of challenges. And I think, you know, if you look at most of the uh, player development and the game planning and uh, play calling, you'd say pretty good. And obviously you could always nitpick and say this could have been better, that should have been different, but I, I think he's done a, a very good job. Great stuff, Dan. Thank you, buddy. Great catching up. Have a great year. Thank you, guys. You too. Happy 2023 to all. Uh, all right. We are uh, – it is upon us. We uh, we are in the new year, and uh, we are closing in on the game. Big Ants, how do you view it? Who's going to win? So I believe that part of this might be me letting Patrick talk me into it, but it, yes. even a, a few weeks back when folks started asking me if the Bears were going to win another game. I said, you know what, I think they're going to go on the road and beat Detroit. Now, that was in the early stages of Detroit going yeah. on the tear that they were starting to go on there, but Bears are full strength, uh, as full strength as this roster is going to be. So I like the health up front. I like the health at wide receiver. Absolutely love the way the quarterback is playing so composed week in and week out. Give me the Bears in a score fest, all kinds of touchdowns on the board. I'm going to say the Bears come out with the dub, 38-35. to 35. All right. I love it. 
I love it, man. Wow. New year, new bears. I'm putting my right. helmet on too, Anthony. This is this is it's still Detroit. I'm sorry, they're still Detroit to me. <laughs> the Bears are going to win this one, 28 to 24. I just mm. I just have that feeling. I don't know. There's I, I, that's that's the only reason that I have a feeling. I, I I mean, I'd love to see the Bears come back and win a game. Don't get me wrong. Uh, <laughs> is that the way you is that the way you see it? Are we looking at uh, the Bears coming? back or the bears are they holding on or are they i, I love that both of you have no i think bears. detroit is going to detroit themselves again oh I they, like they played tight last week that game last they week did. like once everybody everybody started paying attention to detroit last mm-hmm. week and right. then you know there was can they a, handle the pressure yeah and this last week the answer was no yeah, exactly. they could not and today that place is going to be packed oh yeah standing room only yeah. at Ford field lions fans have big expectations won't be surprised one bit if they have a couple of three and outs and the Bears get up by like 10 to nothing or something. Because they've started pretty fast. You know, They score yeah. early in these games and then fizzle for a little while. They're going to start getting booed by their home fans. You just wait. It's going to be a really tense atmosphere. Well, now I want to watch the game, and that's saying something. <laughs> exactly. It's a great pregame show when it drives you to the television set. Fantastic. We will be here after the game. Big Ant, are you in the post-post? I am on post-post, yep. I'll be there after you guys finish up. After the big win. All right. So as soon as the game ends, (laughs) get back over here, and we'll be here, and then Big Ant will will take you home. It's uh, all right. I I love it. We've got the big upset Sunday predicted the start of a whole new year, and it's 23. It's Mike Jordan season. It's Devin Hester season. Oh, yeah. It works out. All right. That is the pregame show. I want to thank uh, Cesar Perez for his great work, and we will be back right after the game. Make sure you are with us. We'll give you our react. We'll take your calls, and we'll talk it through. It is the pregame show on Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 in the score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.